Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I'll be interviewing Rabbi Zalman Marcus, Shliach to Mission Viejo, California, on the topic of burnt out. First, I would like to give a special thank you to the sponsors of this week's podcast. Thank you to Trossman Jewelers, and thank you to the Smetana Group. Thank you for making the Shluchim podcast available to all Shluchim. Rabbi Marcus, I would like to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more atzvach in their Shluchim. Thank you for having me on. Okay, so let's get right to it. As Shluchim, we move out together with our wives to our Mokam HaShluchim with uh, very big aspirations. And as time goes on, many of us get burnt out. The minion we hope for is not happening, or our Purim parties are packed with people, but we don't really see change in them in their personal lives. And we can ask ourselves, why exactly did I move to this place and give up so much? What did I give it all up for? And simply we can get burnt out. Well, I think it's a you know, very important question and topic since um, I know I went through it myself and, um, and the shlucham that I speak to, this is probably one of the major things that, that really frustrates us. I just want to share what, uh, what I kind of understood from my own shluchos and from talking to others, and I thought this would, this would be helpful for other people to hear as well. I think that uh, we just, we'll start with the kind of the, the answer, and that is that really our, our shluchos is really to be the parents of our community. And so, you know, the Rebbe saw us as uh, playing that role. Every every neshama is chelik uh, aleka. It's a you know we're the um, the bnei Avram Yitzchak Yaakov Sarif Gurachav Aleya. And uh, as the Rebbe said in the famous sicha of Vayikra Amzu Yatsarti, uh, the Rebbe described every yid as perfect without doing anything. They are perfect. They are Amzu Yatsarti, Tilasi Yisapedu, that we, that every Yid says Hashem's praise even without doing anything. And so our role is to embrace that part of Hashem, that part of us, that, uh, that child, and to uh, share with them that love that we, um, that we have for them, that Hashem has for them. And their connection that they have with uh, with Hashem, and so and so, if we see ourselves in that role, rather than that, our job is to make everybody from and to uh, fix everyone, but rather we see ourselves as the parent, just as we see our our role as our parent for our children, it, it uh, changes our our relationship with them. It changes our expectations from ourselves and from them. And it enables us to really engage with them and embrace them the way the Rebbe embraced every single Jew that he came in contact with. So my question is on that, what's the balance of encouraging them to do more but being comfortable at the same time, showing them, and really in our own minds, being comfortable where they are? How do we balance that properly where we don't get too laid back either? Right, so there's two things here. Number one is the frustration that we are not being successful. So that's one, one issue that, uh, that, that we run into that causes burnout, that you know, I thought that you know, if I would do this, X, Y, and Z, I would have this and this result. And since I didn't, that means I am a failure. 
So that's one aspect of, uh, of, of burnout. You know, I thought that if I'd make a Hebrew school, I would have, I'd build up my shul. He just did up our mitzvahs. You know, I'd see those kids back, uh, you know, back in, back in shul. I have a big Rosh Hashanah, and I gave that amazing speech. Those people are going to come. So obviously I'm doing something wrong, or the product I have is not really, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not selling it right. I'm not doing it right. I'm, I, you know, something I'm doing that's, uh, that, that I'm not doing right. And other people are be are more successful, are more attractive. They're attracting more people. This, you know, so we can get ourselves upset that our own personal about our own personal success. So that's that's one thing that uh, that we're dealing with when it when it comes to this frustration. So by changing the way we are thinking about it, it's not about my success and how successful I am. So that's the first uh, you know the first thing. Uh, the second thing is uh, the frustration of. You know, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're not doing this, they're not doing that, and getting caught up in the mitzvah as opposed to getting caught up with the yid. So Hashem gave us the Torah mitzvahs because we are his people, not the other way around. He didn't uh, make us his people because we, we, we accepted Torah mitzvahs. So the, the yid's connection with Hashem is higher than Torah mitzvahs. And so it's from that perspective that I bring the Torah Mitzvahs to the Yid. And so that's the, again, so that, again, those are the two places of frustration that I've, um, that I think people run into. So it's not for the balance between how much do I push and how much don't I push. It's not how much you, it's where you're coming from. So if the reason that I'm pushing is because uh, this Yid is, uh, is my child and how would I, how would I do it for my own child? How would I treat my own child? As opposed to the mitzvah needs to get done, uh, the tone needs to get put on this this, this yid. I got to get the tone on him, or does uh, he need to put? Uh, you know, he is so special and he's uh, he's deserving of tefillin, or this is his connection to Hashem. Um, it's a different way of approaching it. So, how would you tell people in your community if you're saying that they don't need to do the mitzvah because the mitzvah is not as important as them themselves, so why do they do the mitzvah? Right. So there's two things here. Number one, um, the fact that this person doesn't necessarily want to put on the, to do the mitzvah doesn't stop me from wanting to have a connection with him, have a kesher with him. Because as Altebe says in Tanya, in other words, he is my brother, he is my, she is my sister or my children or Hashem's children, however, however you want to see it. And therefore, whatever the case is, um, by by reaching out to them, and whether it's that just they just come on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, or they just come to wherever it is, I am fulfilling what Hashem wants from or from me. Number one, and uh, I am doing something very very special in bringing one of Hashem's children and making him feel a little bit more connected. That's number one. Number two, what the what, what has to get across to what, what our message is to get across to the people is that the reason they're doing mitzvahs is because of the special connection that they have with Hashem that's higher than Torah mitzvahs. That's why they should do the Torah mitzvahs. In other words, um, rather than trying to explain to them the, the great value of Shabbos or the great value of Tzillin or the great value of all of those things, um, our approach should be rather the, the great connection that we have with Hashem and how much Hashem is connected with us in the relationship that we have with Hashem and how much Hashem, in a sense, needs us. And that's why he created us for, for this purpose. So you don't really need, in other words, they, they, I, the, the Jew will tell you, well, I don't, I don't need anything. I don't, I don't need to adopt, I don't need to go to Shoal. 
I don't need the mitzvahs. I'm, I'm fine. My family is fine. My wife is fine. My kids are fine. You know, we're, we're doing fine. We're, you know, we're, we're financially okay. We're healthy. We're, everything, everything's good. So why do I need uh, tighter mitzvahs? Can you give a, a practical example of what you would say in your shul to, to help them understand this? Well, I, you know, every year you always try in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur to, to inspire your community to somehow to inspire them to want to do more, to want to get more involved, and you're just hoping that somehow you're going to say something that's going to really, uh, you know, change them and uh, therefore you're going to get better results. And so in thinking about it, I realized that, um, that this was not an I – didn't, I didn't feel like this was a successful way of going about it. I didn't think it was even – um, even the right way of going about it. You know, here it is with Shannon and Kipper. We should be focusing on the fact that they're here and that uh, that's the message I really wanted to, to get across to them. So I decided to take a, a very different approach. Um, and instead of telling them what they, uh, you know, trying to inspire them to do more and more, instead I, t- I took a different approach. I said, you know, actually, you know, I know you people, I know all of you, and you kind of don't need to do any more than what you're doing right now. You guys are doing great. You guys are fine. You're wonderful. You're doing enough mitzvahs. You tech don't need it. You don't need it. However, the punchline was, you don't need it, but does Hashem need it from you? And would that be something that we, that we should be thinking about? Should we be thinking about what does Hashem need from us? And why did he create the world in the first place? And why did he create us? And what's the, you know, what, what is it that Hashem needs? And what is it that, in a sense, we truly need? Because maybe on a chitzinistic level, we don't need these things, but when we think about it and realize that we're really a chelik of the common malamamish, and therefore what Hashem needs is really our need, maybe that's uh, maybe we can think of it along along those lines. And so it's you know obviously to get this point across to people takes a long time um, because it's obviously you know very very new to them. But the the you know the people came over to me afterwards and. You know, it was just—it was refreshing. It was very, very refreshing for people. I—I've I, you know, been giving a class uh, every Shabbos morning. I have been, uh, you know, talking from the on Shabbos about this subject, trying to really, you know, get this across to people. And slowly but surely, it's starting to—it's starting to gel for people. Obviously, it t- takes us chassidim a long time just learning chassidus till till it uh, resonates with us. These people are hearing it once a week or once a year. Obviously, it takes a longer time, but it was really. Uh, it was really special when someone came over to me and said, you know, I was deciding between whether I should uh, go to Shul or not go to Shul to Shabbos. And then I thought to myself, what does Hashem need from me? And that's what made me decide to, uh, to actually come. So when, when I hear it back from the people that that's, that's how they're deciding to make their decisions and that's how they're thinking about it, then I realize that I think they're starting to hear the message. I think this is very much related when it comes to intermarried couples, which is something we all are working with in our communities. I think this this message is very important. How would you connect it with with that? So when it comes to intermarriage, I think that we need to realize where people are coming from, what's their what's their background, why they're doing what they're doing, and um, so obviously it doesn't take away from the in other words the, the more we understand the connection that a yid has with Hashem. We realize that that connection is an unbreakable connection, and that this person is a uh, is a prince and a princess, and and despite that, they're still doing what they're doing. It only makes what they're doing more of a tragedy, more even more sad. So, on the one hand, we we become even more uh, to from from it, and you see a, a ben 
Ben Melech, you know, is doing this, it's, uh, you know, it shakes you up even more. But at the same time, uh, when you realize where they're, where they're coming from and how they're thinking about it and the way they're seeing it, you realize that, uh, that, that they're, they don't, they're completely unaware of what it is that they're doing. They're completely unaware of why what they're doing should be in any way uh, wrong or in any way against themselves, their own personal uh, neshama. And so when you, when you come at it from that point, you have to be much more compassionate in how you bring it to their attention and how you bring it to them. So to say something to someone that they're not going to, they're not going to hear and they're not going to be able to hear, and they're just going to, uh, you know, it's, it's just because you said it in order to be Eitzah, so um, we're not into that. It's not our, we're not here to do things to be Eitzah. We are here to, to really care for our, for our fellow Yid. And so if it's, if it's going to help him, say it. It's not going to help. Don't say just to, to, to be Eitzah. Is there more to say on the topic of someone who is intermarried already? Someone who is intermarried, again, they're, they're, they're becoming, they're, in, they're not doing it as a rebellion against Yiddishkeit like it used to be Amol. Today, they're just doing it as, uh, this is just normal for them. And so for us to, in any way, uh, punish them for it, or make them feel uncomfortable because of it is uh, it's not it doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, at the same time, to encourage to encourage young people to to think about their own yiddishkeit and their own relationship to Hashem differently, that's that's what that's the that's the focus that we're on. Okay, so just coming back to the whole idea of of getting burnt out in our shluchas, we we came all the way here, so one yid to come to our Purim party? Is that enough of a reason? So there is a, there's a famous story with, uh, with that, uh, that Bachar who was a big Talmud uh, Chacham and a uh, big Masmid, and he didn't want to go on the, uh, on the release, uh, release time hour on, uh, on Wednesdays. And uh, he wrote to the Rebbe, or maybe he said it in Yechidus, uh, that, uh, that he, um, he felt that uh, he, should be, he should be learning. I mean, it's like a very important thing to go to, to public schools and whatever, but... Uh, but here he is uh, learning with, uh, to him, his life, and uh, he didn't want to give it up. And the Rebbe's answer to him was that if he would know how jealous Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe Rabbeinu, how jealous they are of, uh, that, of, of us being able to go into the public school and have this, uh, this child say a bracha, to, say, to, to, to do a mitzvah just one time, he would, uh, he would run every, every time to, uh, to, to the release time. So Allah has come kama that we're not doing doing this once a week. We're doing this. Our whole life is dedicated uh, to uh, to these precious precious moments. So sometimes when we get caught up in the success in uh, in the building up of a community, in the building and the the, the you know the, the in our minds the, the the results that we're looking for, that's when we get a little bit off track and we lose sight of the the preciousness of the actual yid himself. And the preciousness of the mitzvah being done with that yid, um, anytime we have an opportunity to do that. So I, I think that if we could put it into into other terms, the Balshantiv came and taught the world of the idea of a, of a simple apashat yid, that he had simple emuna, a simple faith, and even though he's not the big Talmud Chacham, he's, he's an amaharet, but he has he has simple faith, he has pure faith, and uh, he is just as uh, as great as the biggest Talmud Chacham. I think the Rebbe in our generation, took the Balshemta's words to their, their logical conclusion, which is that not only is the Pashat Yid, every single Yid, whether he, whether he has a Munah 
begoli or he doesn't, whether he does mitzvahs begoli or he doesn't, every single yid is absolutely connected with Hashem, and therefore is absolutely connected with us. And therefore, even if that yid will never ever do a mitzvah that we can uh, that we can get them to, to to do even more, we are our specialist is for that is for that person. And what we do is uh, whatever we do with that yid in any way that we're makar of him. Obviously, Shal, whatever we can do for that yid, uh, everything is already worth it. Zalma, do you have any last uh, ideas that you would like to share with Shluchim on this topic? I think that we're a little uh, hard on ourselves, and um, and we need to we need to realize that we are. You know, let's think to ourselves: Is ever proud of us? Is it proud? Is ever proud of Shluchim that we're out there and that we're working with these yidin who? On the surface, don't seem to be going anywhere, and I think that this gives the greatest, uh, the greatest nachas that uh, we are truly uh, revealing the preciousness of every single, every single yid by the fact that we're on shluchas and that we're in our communities, regardless of the fact that uh, people are are moving tremendously or not moving tremendously. That we're there and we're not leaving and we're not moving and we're dedicated to it. And this is uh, giving the the greatest nachas roch. Ultimately. Uh, the greatest nachasur for the Rebbe is when we bring Mashiach, which really is uh, this idea that when Mashiach comes, that's when it's going to be revealed that the true greatness of the Yid is not a Tzayda Mitzvah that he does, but rather he is the greatness, and the Tzayda Mitzvah are, 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 uh, are the relationship that we have with Hashem, but the connection is much greater than that. Thank you, Rabbi Zalman Marcus, for sharing with Shluchim about your approach to the concept of not getting burnt out we really appreciate your time. Thank you, Dovi. Thank you for doing this for uh, for the Shluchim. And uh, may we all be successful and uh, bring Mashiach now. Amen. This is Dovi Shapiro, and I would like to give special thanks to the many Shluchim that continue to give feedback. If you have any ideas whatsoever, I would love to hear them. So please email me at rabbi at jewishflagstaff.com. If you know anyone that wants to sign up for the weekly podcast, they can email me as well with the word subscribe. Make it a great week.